Southwest has $69 one-way sale fares for travel throughout September and October, so you can fill the rest of your year with all the fun. Book now at Southwest.com. Low fares, no hidden fees, that's transparency. Broadcasting live on a Thursday. It's your host, Addison, man. We are back once again with another episode of From the Jump. If this is your first time listening, I want to say thank you for tapping in with your boy. You are now listening to the Live and Sports Podcast. Live right now as we speak, Dodgers and Padres game, top of the first, 0-0 score. I'm reading on Twitter as we speak, Kawhi Leonard could potentially be going to the Toronto Raptors. Now, if he's ultimately teaming up with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, this makes this situation a whole lot better. This changes the East completely. If the Raptors are able to land Kawhi Leonard without having to give up DeRozan and or without having to get up Lowry, this could potentially change up the East because I got Boston winning the East next year. But if you get Kawhi Leonard with, with DeRozan, that's really what the Raptors needed. That's all that the Raptors needed was just another guy to take that pressure off DeRozan. We all know DeRozan is nice, but DeRozan come playoff time can't seem to find the bottom of the basket. That rim, for whatever reason, is not friends with DeRozan come playoff time. But this trade could very well be a big deal in the East because it then now makes the Toronto Raptors a title contender along with the Boston Celtics, along with the Philadelphia 76ers, and then whoever else comes to play this year in the East. It's just that simple. I'm J.J. Hightail. As an ex-professional race car driver, I'm used to taking a few risks, which isn't always a good thing. Proof of insurance, please. That's why I'm insured by Direct Auto and Life Insurance. I can get a great rate regardless of my driving history. They understand that no one's perfect. It's just a warning. Get that taillight fixed. I'll race right to the auto store now. Safely, of course. Call, click, or come in today and save up to 25% with discounts from Direct Auto. The NFL's Pro Football Hall of Fame committee came out with a statement today saying that they will not be mentioning Terrell Owens' name in the Hall of Fame inducting ceremony in August at Canton, Ohio. This comes after... Terrell Owens publicly declined his invitation to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in which he decided to give his speech at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga on the same exact day in which will be the other inductees will be taking place in Canton. I personally, when I was looking up this and I was doing my research, I wanted to know who exactly sat on this Pro Football Hall of Fame committee because Terrell Owens was a first ballot Hall of Famer. We can say we want to about, well, he didn't get along with this quarterback and that quarterback. But he, when he was on the field, he produced. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Then do I need to go over the numbers at this point? Because the numbers back up my exact argument of why he should have been a first by the Hall of Famer to begin with. But we all knew that the Hall of Fame committee was going to try to keep him out as long as possible because they just didn't like Terrell Owens. The Pro Football Hall of Fame committee is made up of 48 members, made up of different writers, from each state, New York having two because they have two teams. I don't know if California has two. So all these different writers from all these different states get to decide from that year who gets to go to the Hall of Fame. And to make it so bad, the NFL said, the Hall of Fame committee rather, said that they would mail him his jacket, right? They wouldn't bring it to him. They can't pull up with the cameras to his house because what he's doing is just too much. So they're going to just mail him the jacket. Now, I feel like the Hall of Famers should have the opportunity to give their speech wherever it is they like. Y'all know that Hall of Fame speech is boring. Y'all know that Hall of Fame show is boring. Y'all not watching it to just watch it. We only watching it because why? It's going to be one year, everybody's favorite players, and then this year it will happen to be Terrell Owens. 
And we all wanted to hear what Terrell Owens had to say. And quite frankly, that should be the one that should be televised. The other one, I'm sorry, we just catch the little sound bites. At this point, we all know what they're going to say. Never give up. Never quit believing in your dreams. Always have faith. Keep faith. Keep pushing. Where do we get those concepts? And those concepts are always good and are always constant reminders. But we know that Hall of Fame show is boring. We know that Hall of Fame game is bad because the stars ain't even playing in it. It's not like the stars can play like a half and then the second half the, the other guys play. It's like the stars play like one series or like one play and then they taking them out. The best guys on the team probably ain't even going to play. So the fact that the Hall of Fame is now going to be lopsided because you're going to have all the guys there except Terrell Owens and it's going to be this awkwardness because both sides don't want to let go of their pride. This is what we have here. And Terrell Owens got exactly what he wanted. Terrell Owens got to do it exactly his way. I don't blame him for it because at this point, T.O. been doing it his way. So you got to keep going with it. But this is like both sides could have really said, you know what? Okay, I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. That's fine. Let's meet in the middle somewhere. But this whole I'm not showing up and you're going to just mail me my jacket. It's just really disrespectful. At that point, I don't even want the jacket. A Miami Cuban with slow roasted pork loin. Slowly smoked brisket with smoky barbecue sauce. And a New York Reuben with kraut and corned beef. You could travel across the country to try these three legendary sandwiches, but apparently you can't bring your therapy peacock on a plane. So just come to Arby's. Arby's, we have the meat. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm still tripping off the Hall of Fame saying that they're going to mail him his jacket the very next day. So it's gonna come in a box, all folded up in some little wrapping man. <laughs> hey, T.O., I don't even want that jacket, man. You might as well just make your own jacket. But follow your boy on Twitter at From the Jump. I follow everybody back. But the other day, Rob Palenka, speaking with the Lakers media, talked about building his team around LeBron. Rob Palenka says that the Lakers' goal ultimately was to build a team with versatile defenders surrounding LeBron James and to put ultimately a team around him that he has never played with before. Isn't that what his teams have always been? Guys are full of versatile defenders, 3 and D kind of guys, guys that can play defense and can also give you something on offense. Those always have been the guys that have been around LeBron James. Shane Battier, Rashard Lewis, Mario Chalmers. These are guys that weren't necessarily strong offensively, but weren't necessarily strong defensively, but could do both. This is how it's always been. J.R. Smith, the same way. Kyle Korver, the same way. Kevin Love, to a degree, the same way. Kyrie Irving, to a degree. Like, Kyrie Irving is the best defender. But these are all how LeBron teams have been built. But I don't think they're going to be any better than any of the teams that he's had prior to. Because he didn't add an elite three-point shooter. Normally, when LeBron James is on a championship run, he typically goes out and gets an elite three-point shooter. For his years in Miami, he had Rashard Lewis four times, then he had Ray Allen. And then in Cleveland, he was able to acquire J.R. Smith, and then he was able to acquire Kyle Korver. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal about the three-point shooting, but this is how LeBron's teams have always been built, Rob. So what is this new version of a LeBron team that you're going to bring to the table that we have not seen before? Other than the fact that these guys are very long and they're very athletic, and they all kind of do different things differently but well at the same time. Outside of LeBron and my boy Zoe, of course, who's the next best player? Because right now it's a toss-up between Kuzma and Ingram. Some people are going to say Kuzma, some people are going to say Ingram. I personally 
am going to say if I had to pick right now, Kuzma's better than Brandon Ingram. And I like both guys, but I think Kuzma's game right now is more polished. Ingram's still trying to figure it out. Ingram struggles to score at this point. He's been struggling to score since he's been at Duke. I didn't even think Jason Tatum was that good coming out of Duke, but boy, he's light years ahead of Brandon Ingram. By playing with LeBron James, it's going to help him defensively. It's going to help him offensively and ultimately bring that dog out of Brandon Ingram. That's what we've been waiting on. We've seen a little bit in Zoe. We've seen a little bit in Kuzma. We're seeing it in Josh Hart throughout the summer league. But I need to see it from Brandon Ingram. Because going forward, if we're going to say, if we're going to keep this whole team together, somebody's going to be the eye guy out. Let's be real. Somebody within this little young core, the Lakers, that everybody's loving right now, is going to be the odd man out. And this is going to be the year in which we're going to find out. So yeah, all the little Instagram jokes and all that's cool. But out of these young guys, we're going to find out who wants to be here and who don't want to be here. Because please believe Magic Johnson and Rob are in the business of putting the best possible team together because now they have LeBron James so they have no other option the, all the pressure is on the Lakers right now because you just acquired LeBron James I am not going to sit here and try to turn the page and try to say oh well let's give him like three years and yeah trust the process yeah no 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 that's Philly y'all got LeBron James you are expected to win a title every year that you have LeBron James you saw what Daryl Morey did you saw what Mike D'Antoni did and they still couldn't beat him they tried to outshoot Golden State. That's the only way you was going to be able to beat them. And their team was full of guys, 3 and D guys, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Gerald Green, guys that could play both multiple positions. Chris Paul was in there. You had Clint Capella, and not to mention James Harden. That, to me, was probably the best team that had the best shot at beating Golden State. Everybody else, no, there was not a chance. And when I'm looking at this Lakers team, I don't necessarily think that they're better than Houston right now. And one could possibly argue, are they really better than Oklahoma City? So by Rob Palenka making these comments, we get it, Rob. Y'all got LeBron? Yeah. Congratulations. Double salute. But please be clear. That team that y'all got built isn't necessarily a championship contending team at this moment. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to leave it all on the mat. Because that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah. I'm on a new level. I'm on a new level. The NBA is thinking about changing the one and done rule. Adam Silver speaking at the NBA Board of Governors meeting talked about eliminating the one and done rule in the NBA that ultimately was established back in 2006 that forced guys coming out of high school to go either play one year of college and or internationally. Now they said that this rule ultimately by 2021 will be eliminated and I'm just going to be completely honest with y'all. What the hell are we waiting for? Get rid of the rule. Like, get rid of it now. The only people who are benefiting from this rule right now are Coach Calipari, Sean Miller, Coach K, Bill Self, and the rest of the coaches that are in the NCAA. Those are the only ones benefiting from the players going to college. It's not the athletes. DeAndre Ayton didn't benefit from going to Arizona. He was already going to be the number one pick anyway. It just so happened that it happened to be Phoenix. Marvin Bagley was already set to be the top player in this year's draft anyway. Him going to Duke, losing in the Elite Eight, losing in this Week 16, didn't change any of that. These teams weren't going to be able to get a good look at these players prior to coming out of high school. It's complete foolishness. College basketball has not suffered since the rule has changed. These are all the teams that have won since 2006, since the rule has been in place. Florida has won twice. Duke has won twice. Villanova has won twice. North Carolina has won twice, UConn has won twice, Louisville has won one, 
Kentucky has won one, and Kansas has won one. Essentially, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. The bulk of the players in the NBA have come from these programs. Am I right or am I wrong? To this point, you got some internationals, some guys from But to this point, since 2006, Duke, you got a lot of players. North Carolina, you probably got a lot of players. Kentucky, you got a lot of number one picks. Kansas, you got a lot of players. Florida, you got players in the league. The Villanova, we're starting to see them coming to the league now. UConn has had players. Kimball Walker in the league. Shabazz Napier has been in the league. So we got guys that have been in the league that are coming from these programs. And when you look at these teams that have won the championships, these are the same programs. So who, in reality, is it really hurting? Now, again, I'm not saying that college basketball isn't still corrupt, because it is. College basketball is, is very corrupt. You, you got these greedy executives. You got these greedy people that sit at the top and make money off of these kids. I never understood why guys never went overseas. Because I'm like, if you are as good as you say you are, whether or not you go overseas for a year or not doesn't determine whether or not you should get drafted or not, should it? What if you go overseas and you decide to like it? Or is this all about the money going to the NBA? Then they try to hit the athletes with the, well, they don't know how to take care of their bodies and they don't know how to take care of spend money. These guys have been playing AAU since they were five. They've been traveling at this point. They've played five games in one day. One game, one night for 48 minutes ain't a long time. Ain't a long, ain't a long game when these guys have been playing five AAU games. So at this point, it's like, I only got one game tonight? Whew, that's a blessing. And I don't got to go to class in the morning? All they gotta do is just play basketball. You're denying them of an opportunity, and you don't. And you're saying they don't know how to take care of their money. Do you see these kids nowadays? They have their own brands. They're coming into the league with their own money nowadays. Now, where they getting it from? We don't know. I don't know, man. The NBA got to do something about this. The NBA got to change that rule. Ain't, ain't no way in the world you should be denying kids the opportunity to go to the NBA. You know these kids want to come, and you making them go to school, play school for what? Who is it helping? Sleazy Calipari. Who's it really helping? Come on. We talked about a lot today. Follow your boy on social media. Ask me any questions. Use the hashtag from the jump. Ask FTJ. I answer all questions. So follow your boy on there. Holla at you tomorrow. It's from the jump. We out.